Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me as always is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we're continuing our coverage on the arts as part of our Vital Signs report. Today we'll be telling you about a 55-plus theatre company called Jerry Theatrics that's debuting a world premiere this coming weekend. Then we'll have coverage from the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards, celebrating people and organizations who have helped make Manitoba a better place through acts of philanthropy. We'll also speak with the executive director of the Children's Rehabilitation Foundation, Christine Schollenberg. She'll tell us all about a new facility that encompasses everything necessary for children with special needs at SSCY, Specialized Services for Children. And, youth. and as always, we'll be speaking with Noah Ehrenberg about This Week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism project. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. As we mentioned, Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. Um, we've got a nice full show. We're, we're going to be focusing a lot on the arts today as November has been our focus on the arts. Thanks to our Vital Signs report, we're kind of each month is going to be examining a different section of Winnipeg and, and talking about what makes us great and what we might be looking to improving in, in the future in, in 2017. As we have all November long, we're continuing our discussion about the arts and our next focus is about a cool theater group that just launched and uh, it's made up completely of seniors. So Jerry Theatrics is a 55 plus theater company. And uh, this coming weekend, they've got a full weekend of shows. So there's one Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We're going to have their artistic director, Rick Caslake, and their publicist, Jason Chung, on the show to tell us all about it. That's right. And Nolan, this past Tuesday, I actually had the chance to help out at one of the Community News Commons training, multimedia journalism training workshops. Um, This particular session was on audio storytelling and one of the things that we had everyone do was interview each other about an arts experience here in the city that was really significant or meaningful to them. Several of the citizen journalists who were participating uh, will hear some of their answers as to an arts moment that's meaningful to them all throughout the program. Fantastic. But before we get to any of of the content we've got planned for today, let's kick things off as we always do with a song. So here's Buddy Greco with L-O-V-E. Love, right here on River City 360. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one that I see. B is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore. Can love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't bring it. Love was meant for me and you. Ooh, L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one that I see. And now V is very, very Extraordinary E is even more than anyone that you adore. Love is all that I can give to you. Talk about love is more than just a game for two. 
And I'll too when love can make it Take my heart and please don't break it Love, I was meant for me and you Ooh, L is for the way you look at me O is for the only one that I see And now V is very, very Extraordinary E is even more than anyone that you adore can love Is all that I can give to you Love is more than just a game or two And now two in love can make it Take my heart and please don't break it Love, I was meant for me and you You and you and you and you Love was meant for me And you know it's for you Listen to my little group uh -huh. We're here at a Community News Commons Multimedia Workshop at the Millennium Library learning about the technical aspects of audio podcasting. As part of this session, participants are interviewing each other, asking the question, can you remember one particular instance in Winnipeg when art of any kind made a significant impact on you? Here are some of the answers. Hi, my name is Shirley Kowalczyk, and for me, it's the piece of art that's in granite, I believe, in front of Winnipeg City Hall. It's a monument to the Holodmore, the enforced starvation uh, by Stalin upon the Ukrainian people. And it's a very, very moving piece of sculpture as a woman and her two children are trying to move the granite as they're starving. And it certainly is a symbol of working to resist oppression. And I believe that it is applicable to any type of oppression. It's just very beautiful. I remember walking in the Leo Mall garden in Usenborn Park and being so impressed by the sculptures there. I loved everything and uh, it made much more of an impact to me when I went into the little building that's there and listened to Leo Mall's story of how he made the sculptures. It really touched my heart. Hi, my name's Anne Ha and I remember going to the gas station arts theatre about a year and a half ago to see a modern dance performance and it was just so beautiful. It completely took me out of myself and I was just mesmerized. We'll have more responses from CNC reporters later on in the program. Throughout the next year on River City 360, we'll be bringing you stories connected to the themes of Winnipeg's Vital Signs 2017, a program led by the Winnipeg Foundation that measures the vitality of our community through research and surveys. For more information, visit wpgfdn.org slash vital signs. Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're now joined by a very special guest. We have Rick Caslake. He's the artistic director of Jerry Theatrics, a new um, theater company here in Winnipeg. Rick, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is great. So we wanted to talk about this very unique and interesting uh, theater company called Jerry Theatrics. Um, so basically, it's a 55-plus uh, group of actors that are get, get, getting together for their first show coming up this week. But before we get to sort of the show that's happening, I want you to tell me how you came up with this idea and where the group kind of came together. Because I understand, aside from being the artistic director, you're also the founder. I am. So tell me about it. Where, where did this idea come from? 
Six years ago, uh, shortly after my 60th birthday, I went to Prairie Theatre Exchange and took acting classes with John B. Lowe and Brenda McLean and uh, fell in love with the whole process. I did a couple of uh, fringe shows. I performed at PTE. And I found out that although there are roles, certainly in Winnipeg for senior actors, there wasn't a company dedicated to writing and performing plays for and about seniors. So I started one. So, so this is all the, the writers, the, the actors, the directors, everything is 55 plus? Everyone is 55 plus across the board. With one exception, we have a 19-year-old male actor that we brought in for a very special role, um, a play called Janitor. It's okay. a world premiere we're doing. Oh, cool. So this was written in Winnipeg, or what's the, what's the history of Janitor? Janitor was written by Pam Calabresi-McLean from Antigonish, Nova Scotia. Oh, cool. She's actually flying into Winnipeg for the world premiere. Um, it's uh, a play about forgiveness, uh, a young man and an older woman who is, uh, she's dying in hospital, and so there's a connection between the two of them that's the audience will find out when they come to see the play. Okay, interesting. So when you when you mention the audience, this is 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 the audience is the show sort of tailored for fifty five plus, or is this for everyone that can enjoy it? It is for everyone. Um, a friend of ours, Jason, coined the phrase "written by seniors, performed by seniors for everyone." Although certainly the the focus is on uh, fifty five plus aged folks and their issues. So, so what, what, what inspired this? You've been acting, have you been acting your whole life or what, what's the, what's the connection to the theater world? <laughs> if, if my mom was alive, she would answer, yes, Rick has been acting all his life. Acting out uh, perhaps? Acting out probably. Um, no, what happened was a uh, very short story. I wrote uh, a little play um, and a couple of friends of mine said that I should take that initially to the Manitoba Association of Playwrights. Rory Runnels, the director there, uh, helped me get set up with eventually a grant through the Manitoba Arts Council um, to put together a group of seniors. To uh, It's called Devised Theatre. We sit around a table and we talk about things that we're facing in our lives at this age, and we created stories out of them. And with the help of Andrew Lazotte and James Durham, we created five plays, short plays, 10, 15 minutes long. So what, what's the plan for the, for, the, for the theater company? You guys have a show coming up this week, I understand. So tell us a little bit about that and then tell us about sort of what the long-term plan is for Jerry Theatrics. Okay, short term, this coming weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 p.m. matinees, that's November 25th, 26th, 27th. We're performing at Lions Place, 610 Portage Avenue. There is a fully equipped theater on the second floor. It's uh, completely accessible. Wheelchairs, walkers, we have elevators. We have a ramp up to the stage. Perfect. So one of our actors who uses a walker can perform. She can get up on stage. That's it's, great. It's fantastic. And what's, the, what, what's your hope for the long-term plan for, for this theater company? Uh, the long term, um, a dear friend of mine in theater, her name is Hope McIntyre. She's, uh, She's the been founder, on the show. Uh, yeah, of Sarah's Vatty. Right. Jerry Theatrics wants to be the seniors version of Sarah's Vatty Productions. So does that mean you're trying to focus on kind of, because uh, Sarah's Vatty has a very, they focus on sort of real issues and real kind of um, 
I don't even know how to say it. It's it's almost like they have a mental health kind of focus, and everything is very uh, socially conscious theater. Almost is that sort of similar as to what uh, Jerry Theatrics wants to be? Or exactly yeah. what what we're striving towards right now are are three key parts of our mandate. Um, first of all, exploring the aging and and senior issues. Um, number two, entertaining and challenging our audiences. And the third one is to engage in new transformative theater. And yeah, I stole that from Hope. That's um, all right. Transformative in uh, the way of getting our audience to look at aging in a different way. Right. Uh, it, it, you can use theater to sort of uh, break down barriers and because a lot of times these conversations aren't easy to have when you have either a parent or grandparent that's aging or, you know, dealing with seniors' issues is everyone goes through it, but not a lot of people are talking about it. So theater can be an excellent tool to sort of start that conversation a little bit. Exactly. Uh, the very first set of performances we did was this time last year, and we performed a play called Is It Wednesday? This is a story about two women who meet at a bus stop. And as the story progresses, we find out that the two ladies actually know each other. But because of onset of Alzheimer's, they have forgotten their friendship. And at the end of the play, one of the two ladies, Mavis, recognizes her friend Stella and says, It's me. You're you. We're us. And then in a moment, in a heartbeat, the dementia sets in again, and they look at each other, and they don't recognize each other. So it's, it's, it sounds like the, the topics that you guys are choosing to cover are very universally uh, accepted, not, not accepted, but universally experienced. And um, can you give us a little hint about what this, this coming show on Friday, Saturday, Sunday is going to be about? Sure. Um, the first play is called Sophie and the Wiener Man. It's a play written by Carolyn Gray, also a Winnipeg playwright. Cool. Um, it tells the story of, um, again, an, an older woman, uh, a very older woman, who is in a care home. And the uh, one of the caregivers shows up in the middle of the night. And there's a little bit of mystery there why this event is going on at two o'clock in the morning. What Nora, the caregiver, really wants from Sophie. Cool. And uh, again, another connection is made in, uh, another connection is made between people who have an unlikely relationship that develops during the play. Interesting. The second play, another one by Tyler White, um, is called The Dance. Um, a mother tries to recreate a dance routine that she and her daughter performs when the daughter was 10 years old. The daughter is now in her early 60s. Oh, wow. And the tutu doesn't quite fit. Well said. <laughs> so that's one. How many shows are we going to see this weekend? Uh, that's that's two. That's the first two. Yeah. Uh, the third show um, is the janitor. Okay, cool. Which we spoke about earlier. Awesome. So each day we perform all three plays. It's going to be a full weekend then for you, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. The first play is running about thirty-five minutes. Cool. And then there'll be a little intermission break, 
Uh, we do have to keep in mind the needs of, of people our age. Absolutely. So we definitely take a break. And then the dance is a short play, about 10 minutes long. And then immediately following that will be janitor. Very cool. So for our listeners who this sounds like something they would maybe want to do this weekend, there's three shows, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 25th, 26th, and 27th at Lions Place, which is 610 Portage. How can they find uh, tickets or more information about uh, these shows? Uh, the easiest way is to phone me. Perfect. My cell phone number is 204-781-5254. And I would suggest phoning to reserve tickets. Our Saturday performance is already sold out. Fantastic. Well, congratulations for that. Thank you. We're uh, very excited. Excellent. You can, uh, folks, folks can also uh, send an email if they prefer. It is Jerry Theatrics. That's G E. R-I-T-H-E-A-T-R-I-C-S at gmail.com. Perfect. So one more time, that's 204-781-5254 or jerrytheatrics at gmail.com for, for tickets to uh, this weekend's show. Um, and and the tickets are only $15 each. Perfect. Thank you very much, Rick Caslick. He is the Artistic Director of Jerry Theatrics. Good luck this weekend and uh, break leg. Thank you very much. Stay tuned to River City 360 throughout the year for more stories connected to Winnipeg's Vital Signs 2017, a program led by the Winnipeg Foundation that measures the vitality of our community through research and surveys. For more information about Vital Signs, visit wpgfdn.org slash vital signs. Thanks, Nolan. We've got Jason Chung, friend of the show and publicist for Jerry Theatrics, on his way into the studio next to tell us a little bit more about the upcoming show. But before we get to Jason, how about we play a tune? Here's Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass with five minutes more right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. We just finished our conversation with Rick Caslick, and we're now joined in studio by Jason Chung. He's the publicist for Jerry Theatrics. Jason, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Nolan. It's a pleasure to be here again. Well, welcome back. Yes, you're a friend of the show. You've been on uh, talking about CNC in the past and your and your work for them as a, as a citizen journalist. But today you've got a different hat on. You are uh, the publicist for Jerry Theatrics, which we just talked about. So maybe tell us about your role there and, and why you got involved. Jerry Theatrics, um, when I talk to a lot of people, it wasn't on the, their map. So <laughs> I hope that by writing a couple of articles and by sitting in their rehearsal, that's how it started. And basically it allows me to help understand better how their processes and how their you know, acting works and also how to um, promote other people's work, you know, to the best of my abilities. For sure. So you're, you're kind of a big fan of the theater here in Winnipeg. Why is this a project that you kind of gravitated towards? Why do you think this project is a unique one? So a disclaimer here, um, I do have friends inside this theater company who has encouraged to, you know, lend Rick Catholic, uh, as you just heard, uh, a hand in um, the area of um, PR and promotional materials and things of that nature. And when I saw their first performance last uh, May, it was just a mesmerizing experience. And to see them in rehearsal developing these skills and developing these um, wonderful techniques to show, I was just floored. I was just learning. I was taking notes throughout the performance. I was just awed at, uh, as Rick described, the little moments. I don't think there's such thing as little moments as such as more poignant moments. It just, it just um, wowed me and just really impressed me in the sense that, you know, yes, there are 55 plus, you know, seniors, you know, working towards um, delivering seniors issues, but they are also genuine actors in, in their hearts of hearts. And that's what golden about it. In my first article, um, The Shining, putting, putting on the armor of community, uh, The Shining Armor of of the golden years, I think I just illustrate that. Do you think that an actor who is over 55 plus or a senior actor is more um, capable of a different um, of, of a larger range of human emotion because they've lived that much more experience? Or why do you think that that, that sort of demographic is capable of, of, of moving you as they did? Yes, I agree with you on the first point completely because um, in that they do have a larger repertoire of emotions. They have lived the experience. Uh, Rick and I was just talking about it uh, during that in rehearsal time. You know, if we have a 20-year-old playing, uh, you know, 60, 70-year-old part, it wouldn't fit because they don't have that, you know, experience. They don't have that, you know, you know emotions. They don't know, you know, the sadness or the gladness that comes along with um just playing that kind of role. It does take, you know, an experience to know an experience is what I find. So I would imagine since the show is coming up this week, you are uh, a little bit busy. Are you excited for the show? Tell us a little bit about your role in the week moving up to uh, to the uh, 25th, 26th, and 27th. Um, I'm trying to uh, get the word out there as much as possible, either for, by word of mouth or um, con my connections that I have. And I'm just really excited because uh, Pamela Calabrese McLean is coming to town for the premiere, the world premiere of gender. And that is a very touching, very poignant, wonderful play. And these are moments that 
I don't think anyone should miss. For sure. Well, if you want to see these moments, uh, Rick mentioned it last segment, but you can call him 781-5254 for tickets. Their tickets are $15. The show is running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 25th, 26th, and 27th. And Or you can also email jerrytheatrics at gmail.com. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for joining us today and telling us all about Jerry Theatrics and the shows coming up this weekend. Thank you, Nolan, for having us on. Thanks, Nolan, and thank you again to Jason Chung and Rick Caslake of Jerry Theatrics, and good luck this weekend with all of your performances. Coming up after the break, we'll have our coverage of the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards. RC360 attended the awards luncheon on Friday, and we've got a couple of conversations with some of the award recipients that we'd like to share with you. But before we get to that, here are the Supremes with I Hear a Symphony, right here on River City 360. You've given me a true love And every day I thank you, love For feeling back so new so inviting, so exciting. Whenever you're near, I hear a symphony, a tender melody, pulling me closer, closer to your heart. Then suddenly, responses from CNC reporters to the following question. Can you remember one particular instance in Winnipeg when art of any kind made a significant impact on you? Here are some more answers. I went up to the second floor of the Winnipeg Art Gallery and had an opportunity to visit some Inuit 
art, sculptures. And I came across a sculpture of a woman, an elder, looking through her eyes directly at me. And I just couldn't move away because the engagement was so complete. I felt in complete communion with this woman who was telling me a story. The Cancer Care Bears on Broadway. It was just amazing because they came out of hibernation. We knew about it a little bit in advance because we actually paid for a bear. So we got to go to see all these bears being made way out in Keniston. And it was just so exciting to see them. It was just a massive project, but it was just so enlightening and we knew an artist who did two bears. That bear is still very special to us and it's behind the legislative buildings. The piece of art that most affected me in Winnipeg uh, comes from the Leo Mall Garden. And it's one of a pilot pulling on the propeller of his airplane. You can't see the airplane, you see the pilot, and he's a bush pilot. And it really hits me because it, the way it appeals to the imagination. So you're, you're imagining not only the pilot, but his plane, you're imagining the camp, you're imagining the flight, all these things that are so part of Canadian history. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you. National Philanthropy Day recently took place this past Tuesday. It's a day to recognize those who have made important contributions to our community through philanthropy. And every year during the same week, AFP Manitoba, which is the Association of Fundraising Professionals, they host the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards to recognize these individuals and organizations in our province. The Manitoba Philanthropy Awards took place on Friday. I had the chance to attend that ceremony. And this year, the Winnipeg Foundation sponsored the Outstanding Youth in Philanthropy Award, which was awarded to Jenna Sigurdsson. I had the chance to speak with her after the awards. So you started at the age of 10. You set out to raise $1,000 for Parkinson's Canada. You had a family member who was affected by it. And you're now 15 and you've raised $50,000 for Parkinson's Canada, which is incredible. How did you go about raising that much money? What inspired you to do that? I wouldn't have been able to have done it without my peers, my community, my family, and everyone that has helped contribute to my dreams and goals. And it's just an inspiration with getting this award here today. And I'm just very inspired by everyone that's helping me and that's been around me. There's very, very nice people in this world and it's just really nice to get to meet them. When you were raising this money for Parkinson's Canada, it was through, you were selling bookmarks. Tell us a bit about that. The first year I didn't do my bookmarks, but then the second year of fundraising, I did an assembly at my school and then I thought of making a bookmark because I love reading and it's just something that I love to do. So I designed a bookmark with red tulips on them to represent um, April as Parkinson's Awareness Month, so the red tulip. And every year I've been changing up the bookmark and selling them at co-op. That's awesome. I asked Jenna what she would say to other young people who are looking to find a way to give back. I would say definitely do it because it's worthwhile because it just 
awesome to see how faces light up when you help them out and it's just something very nice to do and give back to your community because it helps build stronger communities and it's very important to do that. I also had the chance to speak with another award recipient, John Melnick, the president of the Winnipeg West Rotary Club. The Rotary Club of Winnipeg West won the Outstanding Service Organization Award of the Manitoba Philanthropy Awards. Congratulations on that achievement. Tell us a little bit about Rotary Club of Winnipeg West. What does the organization do here in the community? Our club is one of many clubs throughout the world. Uh, Rotary International was founded in Chicago a little more than 100 years ago. The club that I am in, the Winnipeg West Club, focuses on raising funds, which all Rotary clubs do. And we operate out of the west part of Winnipeg. And we raise funds for any and all good projects that we can fit into our uh, schedule. We currently are uh, raising for our main signature project, the Children's Rehab Foundation and the Mood Disorders Association of Winnipeg West. And our main fundraiser is Chicken Fest, which is the second Tuesday in May. Tell us a little bit about Chicken Fest. What exactly is it? How do people take part? Well, what happens is we sell chicken to businesses. We deliver chicken dinners to businesses and organizations for uh, 10 business days, just prior to the second Tuesday in May. And we, on the, the second Tuesday in May at the Canad Inn, at Polo Park, we serve about a thousand chicken dinners. People come and they eat chicken and uh, we have uh, entertainment, we have an auction table, we have a lot of fun. And the main thing is to come and have chicken and enjoy yourself. Well, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about the Rotary Club of Winnipeg West itself. Who is part of the organization? Anybody and everybody can be part, uh, can become a Rotarian. We uh, meet on Thursdays at noon at the Canad in Apollo Park. We have business people, we have a police officer, an RCMP police officer, we have lawyers, we have fundraisers, uh, which I do a lot of work in. We have anybody and everybody. So it's a lot of different people in the community getting together to support really great causes, both that are local to the Winnipeg West neighborhood, but also that support different things throughout Winnipeg. That is correct. We we have people coming from all over Winnipeg. We're no longer just a, a group of people that, that come from that area. And we support, we also support international projects through Rotary International. We support schools, lunches for uh, schools during our uh, Rotary, our uh, Chicken Fest. And we also have a student exchange program for young people who wish to go somewhere else and learn something else about the world. What is one particular thing that Rotary Club of Winnipeg West has done that really resonated with you personally, that you find personally very impactful? Without a doubt, contributing and helping the Mood Disorders Association because I myself have dealt with some very significant mental health issues, some very deep depressions, and uh, when I found out about the Mood Disorders Association and the wonderful work that they do, that really impacts me because they help people not get as far into depression as, as I got into, and they help people recover. They just do a lot of very good work with children, with everybody. Thank you very much, Jenna and John, for taking the time to speak with me, and congratulations again on your awards and the great contributions you've made to our community. Thanks, Robert. 
Coming up next, we're going to teach you all about a one-stop shop for families and children with special requirements or special needs at Specialized Services for Children and Youth, SSCY or SKY. RC360 toured their brand new facility earlier this week, and we spoke with Christine Schollenberg, Executive Director at the Children's Rehabilitation Foundation. Uh, So we're going to hear from Christy after a quick musical break. So up first, here's Three Sons with Autumn Leaves right here on River City 360. Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. Earlier this week, we visited SKY, or Specialized Services for Children and Youth, SSCY, which is an all-encompassing facility for parents with children with special needs or, or that require specialized care. There's a state-of-the-art daycare and play area, a world-class prosthetics and orthotics department, and honestly, basically anything that a child with specialized care could possibly need. 
We spoke with Christine Scholenberg, the executive director at Children's Rehabilitation Foundation, and she showed us around Sky, and then we sat down for a conversation. I asked her why Sky is special and what the benefits are of having all of these organizations in one central location. It's actually a one-stop shop for parents. Uh, parents that have children with complex needs or you know special needs disabilities, uh, they can come. They can be seen here by um, you know their technicians. They can be seen by occupational therapists, home care, social worker, dietitian, doctors. Um, it's allowing them not having to travel to see all the different agencies. Everybody's here under one roof. Now, having all of these different departments that are run by different organizations under one roof was no easy task. And according to Christine, this idea had been in the works for nearly two decades. It's probably been in the making, I'll say, for 18 to 19 years that um, it, it was an idea that uh, some people had. And so it finally came to fruition. And it, it you know... Um, when you're thinking about all the agencies you're going to have under one shop, on paper it looks, it looks you think, that's going to work. But then when you have it actually come together and all the agencies come, and it's, it's truly amazing um, in a work day to see the people that are here and their passion and, you know, just working for children, youth, and young adults that have disabilities. It's, it's, uh, it's really amazing. Helping kids with such special challenges is obviously a very rewarding experience, but it can probably be difficult as well. I asked Christine to reflect on what it's been like working in that environment for the past few years. I feel, I, I think I'm really blessed to have a great job that I, um, I love to come to. There isn't a day that is never the same. Um, I love coming to my job. I love meeting the families. I love working with the therapists and listening to, you know, their stories about families. And I'm very fortunate. I get to meet uh, amazing families that, um, you know, I mean, they do have lifelong challenges with their kids. But I think the really interesting thing is that they teach us so many different things. And I, that's what I like about it. Um, I, I really just enjoy coming and seeing the innovation that happens. As we saw, we went through the prosthetics and orthotics department. Um, just the, the, the passion that people, you, you have to be passionate when you work with children. And, um, you know, I mean, there's happy tears and there's sad tears. You know, we, um, sometimes our kids aren't as fortunate as others. So uh, we just try to make it, it about ability so they can be just like you and I. Thank you very much to Christine Scholenberg and everyone at Specialized Services for Children and Youth for the tour and for telling us all about Sky. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg will be on his way into the studio. He's going to tell us about this week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism Project. But we've got time for a quick song before he gets here. So how about Frank Sinatra with I'm Getting Sentimental Over You right here on River City 360. Never thought I'd fall, but now. Getting sentimental over you Things you say and do Just thrill me through and through I'm getting sentimental I thought I was happy I 
could live without love Now I must admit Love is all that I'm thinking of Won't you please be kind And just make up your mind That you'll be sweet and gentle Be gentle with more responses from CNC reporters to the following question. Can you remember one particular instance in Winnipeg when art, of any kind, made a significant impact on you? Here are some more answers. My name is Fred Morris, and I think one piece of art that really caught my attention was right behind my the Memorial Park bench in Assiniboine Park on the St. James side for my Uncle Tom Bjarnes, and there's a sculpture right behind it, and it really caught my attention. My name is Len Van Roon. I think probably the greatest impact I ever had on a piece of art was working with Michael Alito, who built a ferry crossing, hand-pulled out of materials, and pulled it across the LaSalle River. Not only did he pull it across, but he took several hundred core area students across the river and we took them for forest walks. So it represented the tradition of ferries in Winnipeg and it also exposed urban kids to a beautiful piece of forest out at St. Norbert. Hi, my name is Roy Martin and uh, I think my experience in the Leo Mall Sculpture Garden was very significant. It really made you appreciate the beauty of nature combining with art. Thank you. 
Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons, friend of the show, and uh, knower of all things in Winnipeg. Is that a fair assessment? Sir? <laughs> I guess. We'll, we'll call I guess it I'm that. buying coffees this morning. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we have you on the show every week, Noah, to talk about Winnipeg, and it's usually through a, a, a very interesting and unique lens because it's through the lens of people telling the stories of their communities, these citizen journalists. Yeah. Uh, and you are the person who convenes all their stories and sort of trains people on how to tell their stories. So tell us a little bit about uh, how the training's been going so far. You train in spring and, and fall and tell us uh, how, when that's wrapping up. Well, actually, the training's going great. In fact, you must have heard some of their uh, comments from some of the participants. Yeah, we had some citizen journalists talk about the arts here in Winnipeg since uh, this show is all about the arts. So Thank you for that. Yeah, it was great because uh, this week or this past week over at the library, Millennium Library, we did a workshop on audio recording and editing. And so as part of that, we were teaching people how to interview others using a microphone and using uh, audio recording mechanisms and then taking that and, um, you know, uh, editing it into an item. And that's why you've yeah. got uh, use of that. And so this week is the last week of training for the fall. And uh, we're going to be over at the library on Tuesday. Uh, Millennium Library at uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And our, our final workshop there is about social networks and marketing. Okay. So basically how to use social media and marketing when it comes to your multimedia journalism, how to get it out there. And then on Thursday evening over at the Winnipeg Free Press Cafe, we're going to wrap it up uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. with a workshop that essentially uh, looks at some of the great things we've done this past year with CNC, but also looks forward at uh, some of the ideas, some of the stories that uh, citizen journalists want to tell and I would encourage all citizens yeah. just to come out it's free uh, you have a cup of coffee you basically can just uh, sit with a number of other people in the community who love telling stories and uh, it's a really great opportunity sure. to meet other people and talk about things that you care about 6 to 8 p.m. this coming weekend at the uh, Free Press Cafe down in the exchange come on down it'll be a very cool event mm-hmm. um, so give us an example of some of the things that people are writing this week and last week on uh, Community News Commons well one of the stories I thought was really interesting was from Fred Moore And Fred wrote a story about uh, something that was passed way back in 2003. It was a a new model um, for Winnipeg policing that essentially was going to um, get rid of uh, some older police stations and then build uh, three new neighborhood police stations. Uh, This was back in 2003. And so the city did come. They were able to construct um, two new police stations in different neighborhoods, but they never did build a new police station in the north end. And um, this particular mm-hmm. model uh, was uh, designed in order to save money for the police. And uh, without them building that north end police station, uh, which is an unfulfilled promise for the last 10, 13 years wow. now, um, Fred is uh, suggesting that this is something that really could save the city a lot of money when it comes to that uh, ballooning police budget. So it's a great mm-hmm. article by Fred. It's called New North End Cop Shop Could contain ballooning police budget. I suggest you take a look at it, have a read. It's on communitynewscommons.org. It, that's a good example of the wide array of different mm-hmm. types of stories that are told because it could be about, you know, legislation for for cop budgets and it could be exactly. about reviews. It could be literally about anything. Tell, yeah, tell me the, more. Well, the other uh, couple stories I really enjoyed uh, this week, uh, Stacey Cardigan-Smith, uh, a colleague of ours uh, here at the Winnipeg Foundation, uh, she's written a couple of pieces that originally appeared in the Winnipeg Foundation working together magazine that are now republished on Community News Commons, and they're really great stories. Uh, one is about uh, the late artist Wendy Wersh, who passed away back in 2001, and uh, Wendy was uh, an exceptional artist. She fought for women's rights. 
uh, and in particular for women artists and um, and standing up for their rights uh, through artistic expression. And uh, what her friends did after Wendy had passed away was uh, they got together and uh, did, uh, created a fund here at the Winnipeg Foundation in order to um, uh, have a lecture series that each year would focus on a particular issue with regards to women in the arts and women's rights. And um, it's a great little article called Artist Wendy Wersch Lives On Through Lecture Series. And there's also a video by you, Nolan, oh, on yes. that um, because we are a multimedia journalism website. So we have uh, all sorts of multimedia in there. And there's a, a video by you about the Wendy Wersch yeah, Memorial Lecture that's Series. That's a very cool story. It was very uh, kind of heartwarming to see um, this woman, Wendy Wersch's legacy, live on through this lecture series. And because her friends, you know, wanted her name and her legacy to live on, it's a very cool story. And it's a very cool way of uh, memorializing her, her great life and her great artistic career. Mm-hmm. It, it sure is. And, and the one other story I want to quickly mention, also by Stacey Cardigan-Smith, was about a housing program uh, that offers uh, North End residents uh, what she calls a little TLC. Mm. Uh, it's called the Tenant Landlord uh, uh, Cooperation Program. And essentially uh, what it does is um, it's an initiative of the North End Renewal um, Community Renewal Corporation, a grassroots program that's aimed at improving housing conditions, uh, assisting tenants in finding housing, and um, assisting landlords in finding tenants and basically preventing homelessness in the North End. So it's a really great program, really great article by Stacy Cardigan-Smith that I would encourage our listeners to uh, take a read on communitynewscommons.org. So like... Like a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get when you go on cncwpg.org. That's great. For sure. So at the end of our time together, Noah, I've asked you for the past, I don't know, almost a year now maybe Mm. to uh, bring in a local song that maybe our listeners haven't heard of, but they should have because there's a lot of great local talent here in Winnipeg and here in Manitoba in general. So uh, what are we going to showcase this week? Well, I'm going to be talking about a local band called Lanakai. And um, this is a uh, band that actually they uh, just this past um, few weeks they traveled to Minneapolis with um, a couple of other uh, local bands. One of the bands happened to be my son's band, uh, oh, nice. Mike Ehrenberg Music, the International <laughs> Tour. <laughs> That's right. So they went to uh, Minneapolis to play a showcase there with bands from uh, Minnesota. And then the following day, they came back up to Winnipeg and played a showcase here. They brought the Minnesota they, bands? They brought the Minnesota oh, bands here. Cool. So it was a, it's a terrific um, thing that Manitoba Music has uh, started in terms of sort of this cultural exchange. Nice. And, um, and it was a really, uh, the, apparently, uh, according to my son, I didn't see the shows, but uh, the shows were really well received. That's a good idea. And, um, and one of the bands there uh, is uh, uh, Lanaka or... One of the bands there was Lanakai, and they're a local band that are actually playing this morning at the Sunday Brunch Collective, which is over at Kitchen Sink. Uh, you may not be able to make the first, I think the first uh, serving is at 10.30, and then there's another one uh, uh, at 12.30. No, if you hurry, you can make it. You might be able to, but it might be sold out. Oh, so okay. you might want to call ahead and yeah. see whether or not uh, they have any seats left. So they're playing there, but then they do have an album release coming up on December the 9th at the Goodwill. Oh, cool. They're a fine up-and-coming band. They're called Lanakai, and uh, their new album is called Lanakai. And this is a track from there called I Need Love. So I'm Noah Ehrenberg, and you're listening to River City 360 with Robert Zirk and Nolan Bicknell on 93.7 CJNU. I swear. Right, I know better. 
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests who joined us in studio and for talking to us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, you can do so online. Visit us at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Please give us a call. Our listener line is open 24-7, so just leave us a message at 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic that you'd like to hear discussed on a future show. Again, that is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday.